Thailand moves closer to legalizing abortion. The United States Supreme Court rules that abortion is essential. The battle over abortion continues to rage on in Argentina. Some good news coming out of Honduras. The death of the godfather of direct pro-life action. And more coming right up. Stay tuned. Hello everyone, my name is Peter. My name is Cam and welcome to The Pulse, a monthly roundup of all of the interesting and important pro-life news from around the world, collected up from January 2021. To kick things off, we head over to Thailand. Thailand moves closer to legalizing abortion, which it hopes to have accomplished in mid-February. This comes on the heels of a ruling from the Constitutional Court, which stated that Article 301 of the Criminal Code, an article that criminalizes almost all cases of abortion, as well as holds doctors who perform abortions liable to prosecution, it states that this article violates women's rights to their life and their body. Thus, the Senate of Ireland recently endorsed a bill that would legalize abortion up until the 12th week of pregnancy. Like I said, the senators are hoping that this law will become effective by February 12th. In response to this, the Catholic Church, which makes up less than 1% of the Thai population, is urging people to oppose this political effort to legalize abortion, rightly saying that it is an infringement on the rights of unborn children. A pre-spokesman for the Catholic Church in Thailand has stated, and I quote, Our standpoint is clear. We oppose all forms of abortion since we hold that life is born after a zygote is formed. He went on to say, and I quote, We must think about the rights of unborn children as well. We hope that Christians, the Buddhist majority, and countless others throughout Thailand will oppose this opening up of abortion access in Thailand. And not only that, that they will get involved in making abortion unthinkable culturally, maintaining that opposition to abortion throughout Thailand. According to the NBC News, the Supreme Court handed a victory to advocates of abortion rights wiping off the books lower court rulings that upheld a Texas order banning nearly all abortions in the state during the coronavirus pandemic. Mm -hmm. Here's a bit of a breakdown of what happened. Governor Greg Abbott ordered a bill halting all non-essential medical procedures last March 2020 when the COVID-19 pandemic first uh, really shook North America. And this included any type of abortion, including medical abortions. Federal judge then lifted the ban, stating that it seemed to be too broad. And in response, the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans restored it, stating that a state could restrict constitutional rights, including one's right to peaceable assembly, to public worship, to travel, and even to leaving one's home. Went on to add, that includes the right to abortion and saying, and I quote, the right to abortion is no exception. Planned Parenthood sought permission for medical abortions to allow mothers to abort their children within their own homes, um, into their toilets, and into their bathtubs. And the Court of Appeal thankfully said no initially. All this ended, though, tragically when the Supreme Court of the U.S. dismissed the appeal and vacated the Fifth Circuit's uh, ruling ensuring access to abortion. One thing we've learned, Cam, over the last year is that almost nothing is considered essential. 
But we know from the, you know, the, the legislators, we know from our representatives, we know from this decision that abortion is considered essential. It, abortion is considered that one medical procedure that we can do nothing to stop because we must have it. Welcome to the West. In 2021, we deserve what we get. But this should compel us to remain steadfast in our pro-life outreach because now more than ever, arguably, more children are at risk. More pre-born children are about to die. And this is because we're in a time of financial strain. We're in a time of general uncertainty. And reports that we've seen uh, have shown that more and more people are considering getting an abortion because of these factors. And so we as a pro-life movement have a responsibility not to back away, not to take a break, but to continue fighting for the lives of these preborn children. And with that, we head over to Argentina, where the battle over abortion in Argentina continues. Now, as you might remember, Argentina's Congress legalized abortions up until the 14th week of pregnancy at the end of last year. This decision was applauded by many Western nations and organizations as a real landmark moment for women's rights. But on the flip side as well, there were so many people that condemned this, this decision, including the Brazilian president, Jair Bolsonaro, who said, and I quote, I deeply lament for the lives of Argentinian children now subject to being cut in their mother's wombs with the consent of this state. As far as it depends on me and my government, abortion will never be approved on our land. We will always fight to protect the lives of the innocent, end quote. But now one thing we're seeing is that this conversation hasn't gone away, but pro-abortion politicians are insisting that doctors who oppose the killing of preborn children refer a woman to someone who will. And since Argentina is still a majority pro-life country, this, this narrow legalization is, is, is causing a lot of problems for these pro-life doctors and other pro-lifers in the country um, and really hasn't ended the debate as uh, pro-abortion supporters would like it to, but it has, has really made the debate continue strong. And Argentinian pro-lifers are fighting this implementation tooth and nail. How? Well, there's two ways. First, they're taking this decision to challenge it in the courts based on two constitution-related problems. The first is that the constitution assumed international treaties with the reservation that Argentinian, Argentina protects the right to life from the moment of conception, something that the legalization of abortion that just happened at the end of last year completely and totally ignores. The second is, is has to do with healthcare. Uh, healthcare in Argentina, Argentina is not a federal issue, but a provincial issue. And so the decision that was made federally was not under their jurisdiction at all. It's a provincial jurisdiction and something that the provinces of Argentina ought to decide. After that, we move to the second thing. And 26-year-old Argentine pro-life leader Camila Duro says that, and I quote, the cultural battle is the priority. We will work to make abortion unthinkable. We will fight. Our doctors and the people are mostly against abortion. This is just a new start, end quote. In one sense, Argentina has fallen. But in another sense, the, the sleeping pro-life majority in Argentina has awakened. And our prayer is for their, our prayer and our hope is that they would have success in defending the rights of these preborn children. 
Yeah, there's a lot that we can say about this. First of all, it's worth noting that there's been an incredible amount of international pressure by the international community. Global abortion giants, supposed human rights NGOs, and Western nations themselves on Argentina and other South American nations. These countries and organizations are pouring millions of dollars, resources, and applying relentless pressure to support the right to access abortion. It was this pressure that pushed a handful of senators into the pro-abortion camp. According to, again, Camilla Duro, and I quote, Senators from the party of President Alberto Fernandez received a lot of pressure and blackmailing. The president himself went from province to province the weekend before the vote to make them change their votes. Many of them negotiated favors in exchange for switching it was outrageous. Abortion activists spared no expense or effort to ensure that this 2020 vote was not a repeat of a similar vote that happened in 2018. Um, That vote saw the legalization of abortion avoided by a narrow margin, and abortion advocates did not want a repeat of that. They wanted abortion access to Argentina. Second, we're seeing something that we see time and time again, and that is that abortion advocates are never satisfied with their own participation in the injustice of abortion, but that they are desperately wanting medical professionals who are pro-life to wade themselves into the blood of preborn children as well. More than that, these abortion advocates are going to use whatever means necessary to ensure that the violence of abortion spreads as far and as wide as possible. Whether that means relying on the courts, as we saw in Thailand, on the government, as we're seeing here in Argentina, or through other forms of domestic or foreign pressure, abortion advocates have demonstrated time and again that they will ensure preborn children can be killed in as many places as possible, and that pro-life doctors are required to either perform them themselves or else refer abortions to others who will perform them, ensuring that the blood is on everyone's hands. Third and finally, I'm excited to see the blue wave pushing back and continuing to rise throughout Argentina and throughout South and Central America, pushing back against this injustice of abortion that has plagued so many other countries around the world, particularly in North America and Europe, for far too long. For those who aren't aware, um, and and I myself wasn't very aware of them until around this time last year, the blue wave... Um, It is a response to the pro-abortion's green tide, the green tide of abortion supporters wearing green bandanas and shirts and other articles of clothing to indicate their support of abortion. The blue wave is where people wear light blue colored clothing, um, hold light blue flags as a witness to their support of both lives involved in a pregnancy. The mother and her preborn child, obviously. The green tide is just the opposite. Um, Those supporting abortion Um, donning the green that is green as poison, if you understand the C.S. Lewis reference from the silver chair, to show their support of abortion, both the blue wave and the green tide are flooding South America with their colors in streets, in schools, in trade unions, in homes bearing the color is like a sign of solidarity to with one another and the blue wave is rising. That is good news. And with that, we head over to Honduras for some more good news. Now, on the heels of the Argentinian victory of abortion supporters, these supporters of abortion have smelt blood and have been pressuring other nations in Latin and, and South America as well to, 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 to legalize abortion, to allow abortion to take place. 
But the pro-life movement hasn't been silent, and there have been some significant victories that we've seen in Guatemala, in the Dominican Republic, in Chile, and in Ecuador. Now, in Honduras, abortion has been completely illegal since 1982, with Article 67 of the Honduran Constitution stating that, and I quote, The unborn shall be considered as born for all rights accorded within the limits established by law, end quote. But to make it even more difficult to legalize abortion, Honduran legislators passed a constitutional reform called the Shield Against Abortion in Honduras Bill. After recently voting to fortify its legal ban on abortion with this constitutional lock, voting 88 to 28 in favor of this reform, the Congress ratified this vote, and this makes the pro-life position even stronger. The bill enshrines in the Honduran constitution, the illegality of abortion, saying, and I quote, it is considered prohibited and illegal by the mother or a third party to practice any kind of interruption of a life that is about to be born, end quote. Now, this is key uh, to to enshrine it in the constitution because to reverse this decision, um, a three-quarter majority of Congress is required to make any sort of these constitutional changes. And with the strong pro-life and pro-family politicians that we see right now and the protections surrounding this constitution and this decision, uh, a change like this is highly unlikely. And, And The Guardian puts it well, saying that this bill makes it, and I quote, virtually impossible to legalize abortion in the country now or in the future. And the America's director at Amnesty International said as well that this bill, and I quote, effectively makes it impossible to introduce a law decriminalizing abortion under any circumstances. This truly is some great news. Yeah, we cannot overstate the importance and value of measures like this that is happening in Honduras. First of all, this is very similar to the constitutional protection that Ireland implemented into her constitution in 1983 that protected preborn children from fertilization. The Eighth Amendment in Ireland was responsible for saving the lives of over 250,000 children over a 35-year period. Second, tragically, as we've seen in, in Argentina, laws that protect preborn children from fertilization might not be around forever. One generation passes and another comes in, and tragically, these laws can be changed to legalize the deadly act of abortion. We see that the most secure protections are necessary to ensure that the lives of preborn children are protected from the moment they begin to exist. Third and finally, as in Argentina, Latin American countries like Honduras have been under an incredible amount of international pressure to legalize abortion. This pressure often comes in the form of how much money and support these nations are going to receive from the international community. But in the face of all of this pressure, Honduras did what was right and good, enshrining protection for preborn children in their constitution and making it, as was mentioned, almost impossible to remove the protection of preborn children. Abortion activists have have hoped, had hoped, that a narrow um, or or even an overwhelming change could have happened in, in Honduras as well, similar to what they had seen in Argentina, and that this Argentina change would trigger a domino effect throughout the rest of South and Central America. But instead, nations appear to be taking action to ensure that their protection of preborn children cannot suffer a similar assault. 
if this becomes a trend around Latin America, um, then we can halt the trend that um, abortion activists had hoped would start in Argentina, putting an end to that domino effect, enshrining these rights of preborn children. And this is something indeed to be very, very thankful for. That's that's right. And moving on, sir, legendary pro-life activist and hero Joseph M. Scheidler has passed away at his home in Chicago. He was 93 years old. Joe Scheidler was a man who was always concerned with injustice, always offended by injustice. And he was even involved in the civil rights movement, marching a part of the way with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. from Selma to Montgomery. But in 1972 uh, was a pivotal moment in his life. He reluctantly agreed to attend an anti-abortion rally uh, by the pressures of his wife, Anne. And it was there that he was confronted for the first time with the reality of abortion. He was handed a pamphlet. And inside this pamphlet was a photo taken at a Canadian hospital of a garbage bag filled with dead babies. That moment for Joe Scheidler was a catalyst to a lifetime of pro-life activism. Yeah, Joe Scheidler's life goal was to wake America from her lethal slumber. He publicly displayed um, abortion victim photography. He gave speeches. He picketed at clinics, many of which ended up closing through the pressure from the community. And he relentlessly dragged America's reluctant eyes back to the truth that it preferred to ignore, the truth about what abortion did to preborn children and continues to do to preborn children. In 1980, he founded the Pro-Life Action League, which sought to save preborn children through nonviolent direct action. In 1985, Scheidler published his first book entitled Closed, 99 Ways to Stop Abortion. And notably, Joe Scheidler was sued by the National Organization for Women now in 1986 arguing that by threatening to impede the work of abortion clinics, he was guilty of extortion and racketeering. The lawsuit made its way up and down through the courts, and in 2006, the Supreme Court of America ruled unanimously in his favor. Scheidler's years in in the movement, his dedication to saving and protecting preborn children, and his creativity in reaching the culture gave him the title the godfather of direct pro-life action. And so if you're an activist listening to this, if you are someone who is involved in front of abortion clinics, having conversations with people in in the various ways that we try to reach the culture, it's very, very likely that Joe Scheidler did it first and paved the way for that kind of activism and outreach and ministry to take place. We follow in his footsteps. But I think most notably for his life, there are countless people who are alive today because of the work that he has done. Many of these people don't know his name, will never know his name. Many of these people will never know that he fought for them, but we do. And we are extremely grateful for his life and the legacy that he leaves behind. We hope to do a a full episode remembering and celebrating the life of Joe Scheidler, this great pro-life hero who is not only a cornerstone of the American pro-life movement, but was someone who inspired, encouraged, and empowered pro-lifers around the world to defend the weakest, most vulnerable members of the human family. And as a show dedicated um, to empowering people, we think that he embodies what it means to be a pro-life guy. We're excited to have a feature episode on his life and the impact that he's had. That's right. I'm looking forward to that, sir. Joe Biden is the president 
of the United States. And for those of you who have been following the news, especially as it relates to the culture wars and the abortion abortion wars, this is not good news for preborn babies. Money is going to begin and, and really has begun flowing towards pro-abortion organizations in America and beyond. The Hyde Amendment is at risk and abortion executives are going to be warming the chairs in the Oval Office. But this is no time for pro-lifers to despair or to slacken their pace. I think it's important to note that the movement under the Obama administration saved untold thousands of lives during his tenure because of the work that they did. And that same thing can be true during Biden's term. So, Cam, let's look at some of the things that are happening in the states at the state level uh, in the United States of America. Yeah, let's start in Kansas. And Kansas lawmakers are working to pass a measure that would declare the state constitution does not grant any abortion right um, and would allow legislators to further restrict abortion, which Obviously, abortion activists are saying it's the first step towards a statewide ban on abortion. In Iowa, lawmakers are working on a House study bill, HSB 41, which would amend the Iowa Constitution to indicate that it does not, quote, recognize, grant, or secure a right to abortion or require the public funding of abortion, end quote. This was already approved by the the state Senate in 2020, and if it passes the state House, the measure will be put to Iowa voters. According to Operation Rescue, 45 abortion clinics either closed their doors entirely or at least stopped performing abortions last year in 2020. Most significantly, Missouri became the first abortion-free state with no clinics or hospitals performing abortions anymore. Moving on to South Carolina, a heartbeat bill might finally pass their state Senate. In Ohio, um, they recently passed a law demanding that aborted babies be buried, giving them some shred of dignity. And this obviously drew fury from abortion activists across the state and across the country. North Dakota bill um, that's working its way right now through the political system would make abortion a felony. And two pro-life bills have been put forward in Montana, one to restrict abortion after 20 weeks of pregnancy, the other to restrict the distribution of abortion drugs. Other pro-life laws in Mississippi and Texas and countless other states are working their way up through the political process as we speak. Yeah. And so while there may be setbacks under the Biden administration, we as pro-lifers can ensure that progress can continue to be made for pre-born children by continuing to fight, by continuing to let our representatives know what we think about the abortion issue, uh, pressuring them to, to vote in favor of the preborn children by continuing to be out on the streets, having those conversations, the grassroots work uh, that is most certainly needed to make abortion unthinkable in our culture. And finally, according to the CBC, a near total ban on abortion has taken effect in Poland and triggered a new round of countrywide protests three months after the constitutional court ruled that the abortion of physically disabled fetuses is unconstitutional. This protest is led by a women's rights group known as Women's Strike. And uh, these protesters defied government-mandated pandemic restrictions. They poured onto the streets of Warsaw and other cities in Poland, protesting the ban and fighting for their rights to abortion access. And one thing that that I found fascinating, Cam, is that Poland's top human rights official, you'd think that a human rights official would be totally cool with a ban on abortion, uh, really, 
you know, banning this human rights violation. But he denounced the restriction of what was already one of the most restrictive abortion laws in Europe, calling this decision a tragedy for women. Yeah, definitely put the, that human rights expert in parentheses because, as we know, all humans should get human rights, and and those human rights should start when the human's life um, begins. Um, classically bad reporting from CBC um, in not even interviewing a single pro-life person for this story, and yet it's very, very exciting to see further pro-life laws being enacted in Poland, an incredibly pro-life country already, especially when you consider the fact that here in Canada, we see around 100,000 abortions performed every year. In Poland, they're at around 1,500. 1,500, too many for sure, but 1,500 abortions per year performed in Poland. And this law um, banning the abortion of children who have various genetic and physical um, abnormalities or, or conditions will eliminate a further 80% of those. There will be only a few hundred abortions that we're now fighting to um, prevent in Poland. This is an exciting measure happening, um, and I'm really, really encouraged that the Polish pro-life movement has continued to push on in protection of pre-born life, especially as so many other countries around them are only seeking to expand abortion access. And so huge kudos to the people in Poland and all those involved in protecting pre-born children in Poland, in countries like Honduras, the Blue Wave, and even those um, like you who may be um, active in a country where abortion is completely legal and you are working to make abortion unthinkable. Kudos to those who are actively involved in trying to change minds, save lives, and transform our culture. And that, everybody, is the roundup of important and interesting news from around the world, pro-life news from around the world. This is our January 2021 roundup. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let us know what you think uh, in the comments, in the description. Send us an email. Find us on our website, prolifeguys.com. Let us know what you think about The Pulse, our very first recording here. And we want to encourage you to find our other episodes as well. We have the Pro-Life Guys podcast. That's the banner. Uh, which all of this is under. And on the Pro-Life Guys podcast, we seek to share with you time-tested and street-tested apologetics that we use on the streets that you too can use to change minds and save lives from abortion. We have conversations with experts in their fields to learn more about the abortion conversation. Uh, we also have Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, and this is an episode, this is a series, comes out every week where we have conversations with some of the unsung heroes in the pro-life movement. Some of the, the defenders of the defenseless, the people who are standing up for the dignity and the protection and the defense of pre-born children, giving the voiceless a voice. And uh, we have conversations with them. We hear their stories, how they got involved, and some of the really, really cool stories that they have from their times on the street. So don't forget to check that out. Find us on YouTube or find us on your favorite podcast catcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it, we are there. Go find us and subscribe, please. Also find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or wherever you do your social media to keep updated uh, with what the Pro-Life guys are doing. Don't forget to subscribe to this video to stay tuned for more videos coming out. We have at least one every week. We're hoping to do more and more. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button and we will see you all next time. Thank you again for tuning in.